Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thought Sui Solo Edition with Greg Darius. And I'm going to be here talking about my 2017 Good, Bad, and the Ugly. And within my opinions on what the good, bad, and the ugly are, are going to be responses to Michael's 2017 Good, and the Bad, and the Ugly. And if you haven't listened to that yet, it is up on our podcast feed. So make sure you listen to that first, otherwise you're only going to be half filled in about what I'm talking about. So let's get right into this. So basically, again, the format that we're using here is that we're looking at what was, uh, in our personal opinions, what were the good portions, the bad, and the kind of ugly of 2017. And as divisive a year as it's been uh, across political lines and uh, artistic and just general on a societal level, really, it can be a little bit difficult to find all the bright spots. However, I have managed to find at least a couple. Uh, when looking at the good for 2017, I found there were a few things that I really wanted to point out, um, the, not the least of which is the music that's come out in 2017. A really wonderful year for music across all genres. We're talking rap, uh, pop, rock, Particularly, uh, you know, within my field, metal, uh, hardcore, some wonderful uh, jams to come out this year. Uh, progressive, uh, even folk. There's a lot of good folk out there. It's been an awesome year for music. Um, I want to look at, um, I want to talk about one album in particular at the end of this podcast um, that caught my attention. We can also go into uh, the economy. I mean, the economy is doing fairly well and that's not just in the US um, you know unemployment is down we've got uh, confidence in consumer spending again and um, uh, GDP though it has slowed slightly at the start of 2018 the stock market remains pretty high uh, the stock market is not necessarily a good indicator of an economy's overall health but it is reassuring to see um, that our largest businesses seem to be doing well but what I would like to describe as the real good of 2017 is the sort of reversal of fortune for women, particularly for women in media. So 2017 saw the allegations of sexual harassment come to a head. We had the uh, takedown of Harvey Weinstein and a large number of major actors um, who ended up confessing and or being accused of sexual harassment. Uh, many female actresses and uh, artists, uh, musicians and others have all come out to basically they've been empowered to not be afraid to say that they were victims of sexual harassment, in some cases rape, and other vicious crimes that those who perpetrated the crimes were protected because they were in seats of power. Well, that is no longer enough to protect people, uh, to protect men, which is a good, good, good thing. I cannot stress it enough. Um, this, is a, this is a wonderful thing. Hopefully, it continues and it leads to clearer guidelines as to what is 
considered sexual harassment. Some of these cases obviously are very clearly sexual harassment, but when you look in your own workplace even, it's sometimes not even clear what constitutes sexual harassment, what is assault, etc., etc. It's something we sort of have to pick up along the way in our professional lives, but there's no clear guidelines for, and it might be time to have that, uh, that talk. So that is definitely a win. Uh, women in the media have been portrayed pretty well this year. Uh, there's been some fantastic films that have come out with uh, females leading the way. Of course, the one, the first one to come to everybody's mind, I assume, would probably be Wonder Woman. Um, although I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, it's nice to see that in the dominant sphere of superhero movies, we finally have a female leading the way. And not only that, but we also had Beauty and the Beast, which came out and just unexpectedly took the world by storm. And I say unexpectedly, and I guess I probably shouldn't say that since the Jungle Book remake made a bazillion dollars, and it turned out to be a fantastic movie. Um, and I know there was another remake of a Disney classic that went really well, but I'm drawing a blank right now. However, the Beauty and the Beast movie uh, came out. It was uh, great, led by the wonderful actress Emma Watson. God, I hope I got that right. There are quite a few fantastic Emma actresses, but I believe I have this one correct, Emma Watson. So, good year for women in the media, and uh, also great leaders in the world. We have uh, leading countries. We have... Uh, Angela Merkel, we have Theresa May, you've got people such as the uh, uh, IMF chair lady, which would be Christina Lagarde. You have all sorts of famous women, wonderful leaders in the world, uh, setting a wonderful example for women everywhere. So, call it a couple of wins for women. Oh, and, of course, how could I forget, the first woman, and I want to make sure I get this right, the first woman to pass the Infantry Officer Course, the Marine Corps Infantry Officer Course. Uh, the first woman to ever pass that passed back in September, I believe it was. I do not know her name. I remember in the beginning it was kept uh, confidential just for the sake of her family and everything, and I really respect that. I hope that maybe her name has come out, but if it hasn't, well, regardless, she did it, which is fantastic. The bad of 2017. Now, there has been a bit of bad. Um, I want to get into this a little bit, but I don't want to get too deep. The FCC vote to repeal net neutrality is disconcerting. It's, um, it's something that I'm very surprised got voted for. It is something that, one of the rare things just a couple of years ago that both Democrats and Republicans stood fairly united on, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be inhibitors in place uh, there, to uh, the internet. There should, it should be all, everyone sharing the same bandwidth. There shouldn't be um, some websites getting preferential treatment over others. However, that seems to be less and less uh, the case now as the repeal of net neutrality takes place and the power goes to K-12 
cable companies such as Comcast who can throttle certain websites and throttle basically means to slam the brakes on certain websites. So essentially this gives them a chance to slow down websites like Netflix. Now they say they won't take advantage of it, but the enormous sums of money that they have been donating to certain Congress members who happen to vote in favor of repealing net neutrality makes me think that they didn't spend all that money for nothing. That's just logical. So, if you have not educated yourself about net neutrality, now is the time. Many states are starting to take up uh Basically, uh, places like New York, and I know a couple of other states have taken this up, to ensure that their state's internet traffic remains neutral and that sites do not get preferential treatment. This gets very deep. There's a lot to it. And frankly, this kind of leads into my ugly. I know that in Michael's podcast, he listed one of the goods for his year as the level of engagement in politics um, in society. Admittedly, there is some engagement, and a lot, uh, actually. But we, as he mentioned before, there is a lot of engagement, but are we engaged in the right things? We seem to be fighting battles all the time. We seem to be arguing a lot. And a lot of this comes from leadership that stirs up powerful emotions within us that makes us want to stand up for what we believe in and to keep the fight going. But how can we keep the fight going when we try to fight everything? Because when we try to fight everything or when we tend to put all of the blame on one person or certain individuals, we miss things like this huge issue of net neutrality. In fact, I'm starting to wonder if part of this is just due to the fact that our attention is spread all over the place. So when we even hear something like the word, the two words net neutrality, most people just kind of scratch their head and go, I'm not really sure what that is and I don't really care. If we were to name it something like, I always think about gun control. Gun control, those two things stir up a ton of passions in people. Guns, which is every American's God-given, well, founding father-given right to bear arms. And then control, something that most Americans are not big fans of. We were founded by moving away from a controlling state and to form our own. So if we were to call this YouTube control or Netflix hindrance or something along those lines, then people would probably have paid more attention to this when it started. But I am happy to see that the story has gained some traction and that people are starting to become much more aware of it. But it does deserve your total time and attention to truly understand what the issues are regarding net neutrality. So, into my ugly. Uh, this is already, I've already sort of gotten into it. My ugly is simply civil discourse. Um, as many of you know, I work abroad. And when I go back home, it's like I catch a little snapshot of where everyone is, where my friends are, the family, and just general people I meet along the way, including my colleagues and whoever I happen to meet 
in the different places that I go to. This last year, when I returned to the States in August, July and August, was the first time that I felt that politics and general social issues had stirred up real anger in people. And it seems that a lot of people aren't even sure what they're angry about, but they just are angry. And it poisons civil discourse. It it clouds us. We don't know exactly what we're fighting, but we choose to fight regardless. And with this sort of mentality, it's very difficult to to have a true discussion. And that is very unfortunate. I feel that this isn't solely because of because of attention seeking leaders or because of policies that have or have not been passed. I don't know whether this is because of our inability to find common ground with one another despite our political leanings or if it has to do with this sort of mentality that we have to win everything, that we have to win every argument, that we have to win the day for everything. Uh, we have this constant mantra now of, you know, America is, needs to win first, America is number one, we have to, yeah. Everything is about winning. It may behoove us to put less importance on winning and understand why is it that we want to win? And why is it that people who disagree with us don't want us to win? It's not always about winning. Sometimes it's about why are you trying to win? Or how you win is important. Well, that got a little deep for the ugly. I apologize, everyone. Uh, just in general, I would like for... I guess I would like for the world to collectively come together just to have a beer. I think that would do us quite a bit of good. The, about the minute that someone starts talking about beer neutrality, I'm going to start paying very close attention to that. So, to follow Mike's and follow in his footsteps for the best of music, movie, and everything... His best movie of the year was, uh, or his favorite movie of the year was Star Wars. I am very much on a fence about Star Wars. Um, it, it was definitely a good movie, but I can't in good faith put it at the top of my list for the year because 2017 was a great year for movies. 2016 was incredible. There were some really great movies come out in 2016. Hell or High Water, Moonlight, the list goes forever. Uh, 2017, I didn't quite see as many movies, but the two that really stuck out to me were The Big Sick, which I believe was produced by Judd Apatow, which everybody knows that's uh, Four-Year-Old Virgin and uh, Knocked Up, and he's responsible for quite a large number of movies since then. Those were his two big ones in the beginning, and now he does uh, sort of more mature movies, I guess you could say. But The Big Sick really took me by surprise. I wanted to see it uh, back in the summer. Didn't quite get a chance to, and I watched it recently, and man, uh, really honest, 
and it, it's it's a funny movie, but it's also very very touching and very real feeling. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of BS in the movie, so. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. There's quite a few themes running through it, from tradition to love to modern relationships to our ignorance of Pakistani culture, um, which I really enjoyed. Actually, that portion of the movie it's it's fantastic. If you have, if you have any interest in romantic movies or comedic movies, or I think there's a genre called romantic comedies. There's definitely a genre called romantic comedies. If you're interested in any of the above, give it a spin. This movie is fantastic. The other one I got to point out is Baby Driver. Baby Driver is not going to win any awards for having the greatest plot in the world. But what a fun, fun, stylish movie that was to watch. The music is fantastic throughout the entire thing. And the way that it's used to form the structure of the movie is very interesting. It's just different. I haven't seen anything like that before. Um, it was uh, it was great. I watched it here in China, and even in China, there's when people go to the films here, go to the films, go to the cinema in China. A lot of time, people just do it just to get away. A lot of time, people aren't actually there to watch the movie. Um, it's very often, it's a very different uh, cinema culture here, but I often see a lot of people just sitting on their phones rather than watching the film. It's almost just people want to be inside with AC and just to be with their friends away from everything. This movie, however, kept everyone's attention. I took a couple looks around the room and everybody seemed to be very into the movie. So, definitely uh, as many thumbs as I can give up to Baby Driver and also the big sick. As far as music for the year, Mike and I agree, Mastodon's last album, uh, Emperor of Sand, was really great. However, for me, it's not at the top of my list. There was just too much good music to come out this year. Paramore went full pop, and it was wonderful. You had Circus Survive come out with one of their most, one of their most connected albums I think ever probably their their best track by track by track listenable album. Um, Counterparts came out with an incredible like about a half an hour, maybe less than half an hour's worth of hardcore music, and it is just it's a blast from start to finish. Uh, make sure you're angry when listening. But if I got to go with one album this year, it's got to be Kendrick Lamar's. Damn. And the title pretty much says it all. So this was one that I picked it up when it first came out. I enjoyed it. Kinda. And then I put it away. But then I took it back out for another spin. And, you know, kind of got over DNA. And started listening more to tracks like Humble and Pride. And then XXX kind of started getting to me so I started listening to that more and now I just listen to the whole thing yeah 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 the whole album is just awesome there's definitely some pitfalls there's some areas that are 
that feel totally unnecessary. But it's interesting to hear Kendrick Lamar sort of branch out and just do his own thing. It doesn't sound like he's trying to construct a narrative, which, well, it's pretty obvious he's not trying to, whereas his other albums he definitely is. Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pimp a Butterfly both exhibit this. But this one just kind of feels like him going and doing his own thing. Just sort of each track has its own identity, and boy, he just spits it on this one. He is incredible. What a what an amazing lyricist. And his delivery, though it takes some getting used to, I can happily admit that it's worth it. So, if I had to go with an album of the year, I know it's probably been quite a few people's album of the year, and it's not exactly the most original choice, but it's got to be Kendrick Lamar. Damn. And then, for a book, I read far more magazines than I do books. Um, I'm a frequent frequent reader of The Economist and uh, Foreign Policy magazine. Um, But this year, as far as books, I didn't quite get to read too much. However, my father was kind enough in 2017 to gift me with The Gatekeepers. And The Gatekeepers is a book that essentially describes the chiefs of staff since Nixon and what their roles are in the president's life and how they essentially keep the president in check. And the stories that are contained within this book are absolutely fascinating. The chief of staff job is not one that I envy. It is a 24-7 job. And one of my favorite quotes from the book, I believe, came from... uh, Oh, I want to say Donald Rumsfeld, um, if I remember correctly, but one of them, one of the chiefs of staff said the job was like this. You are in the office on Friday and you're finishing things up. You're finishing your last phone calls of the day or you're probably at home doing it. And he says, oi, it's Friday. Oh, good. Only two more working days until Monday, which is a pretty good summary of what they do. That is it. For my good, bad, and ugly of 2017, again, the ugly, civil discourse, but that can be, that can be brought back. The bad, net neutrality is lost, or is it? And then the good, women finally starting to get some wins, especially in the media, and um, the uncovering of the sexual allegations and uh, sexual harassment, especially in Hollywood, but not just there. Hopefully this will reveal um, harassment that's taken place everywhere. So hopefully we can start to see that uh, ugly chapter of our history come to a close. You go, girls. Eh, That was pretty lame. I'm going to keep it in. This is Greg Garagues, and I am signing off for the evening. And we will soon be coming out with, uh, we're going to be moving away from 2017 and embracing 2018. But before we do, we're probably going to talk Star Wars. We can't help ourselves. we got to get deeper into the Star Wars thing. Ugh. It's just, it's another divisive thing. So let's try and find some common ground, if at all possible. We'll see you guys on the next one. Take it easy.
Thank you for tuning in, everyone. This is Greg Garagius with a solo edition of Thought Sui. And today on this Thought Sui, we're gonna be talking about the we're gonna be talking about the life of Pablo. The life of Pablo. That's 2015.